It's Get Valiant. What number is it? Num- number 175. Yeah. The big 175. That's, That's it. Pretty big. That is a pretty big number. We're coming up on 200. We're gonna have yeah, to we should probably out. do an awesome giveaway like we did with episode 100 a few years back. Yeah, we probably should. Uh, well, you know what? You know, It took me about that many episodes to ever get stuff, <laughs> so maybe I should put the request in now, you know? <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we can do something uh, for the number 200 when that happens. Um, but yeah, episode number 175, we got a couple things to talk about. We're going to be talking about Rye number 7 that came out today. So the- yeah, I don't want you to spoil anything. <laughs> don't want you to spoil anything. <laughs> uh, so... I'm glad we have that spoiler alert. I should have a like a mature audience warning there too, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you just need to have a uh, different like talk. Just something happens, like explicitly. Yeah, exactly. Every time I start talking, some alarm goes off and I get cut off. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. I appreciate it. It's out of love. It's out of love, guys. We just can't trust Eric. You never know when he's going to tell you something and ruin the book for you. Um, but we love the guy anyway. He's a big cuddly animal, um, and he's our friend. Um, but you're right, dude. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Little Rye number seven, which has been a big bright spot in the uh, the Valiant universe the last seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven issues. If you include uh, Fallen uh, Fallen World. Yeah, yeah, Fallen World was great too. Um, the other thing that happened was um, we did get solicits uh, for December. Um, I think it's I really cool. That... Oh my god! <laughs> um, I think it's really cool that Valiant is putting their solicits up on their own website and doing it on Wednesday, so we can talk about it as opposed to waiting to Thursday and letting Newsarama or whoever else drop it. Um, so it gives us an oh, opportunity to those people. Yeah, exactly. We're at least almost as cool. Um, Sorry, but, uh, like we're spoiling that for like the twenty of you watching. So it's it's amazing, but no, it's it's cool that we got some books coming, and uh, we know that Rise continuing and uh, a little bloodshot action. No, XO. Mm-hmm. There's not. Yeah, Exo Man of War. As, the Man of uh, War. Yeah, as was said in the Ninjak Versus. Um, but uh, yeah, so the two books coming in December, unfortunately only two books still, um, but the two books coming in December are going to be Rye, excuse me, Rye and Exo Man of War. Um, I don't remember what number Rye's on. Number, ten. is it 10? Yeah, that'll be 10. 10. Yeah. Um, and here's my concern. Um, it's being solicited as the end of the arc. So my concern, um, which makes sense because the first arc was five issues. So if we get five issues out of the second arc, I'm cool with that. Um, but I'm just worried because we have been teased that Bloodshot is coming back in January. And I'm sure EXO is going to continue into January with issue number four. So I'm worried that Rye will go on a hiatus when Bloodshot comes back and we'll still only have two books. That's my concern. 
I really hope that doesn't happen. What I'm hoping is that we get Rye, Bloodshot, and Exo in January. Or if Rye does take a break, I hope that we get, um, you know, Exo, Bloodshot, and a third book. Um, whether that be Shadow Man or Final Witness or Savage, I don't really care. Um, I would just love to get a third book and, um, you know, get a get a look at um, one of the new properties that's coming or continuation of uh, the books that have already been coming out. So if you didn't read the little synopsis on there, so it says The Wild Frontiers, right? Basically, it's saying it's Dan and Juan's thrilling climax of this sci-fi epic 2020. It's the final standoff. I think we're coming to an end to Rye. I, it, it sounds like it, and I don't think. Do you really think the title will be done? It could be. Well, not the end of Rye the character, but the end of this run with uh, Dan on Rye. Yeah. Oh, that would be brutal. It, that would be really rough, you know. I don't. I just, we we haven't had the sales to keep this book going, you know, which is unfortunate. Um, and I know everybody's struggling with sales right now, unless you have like a book that's just like a collector's speculatory tech thing. But um, you know, it's been the best book that Brian's done. I mean, this book would have. This book has been just like my. It's been like my favorite book the last year, you know. And I think it's just as good as anything else that's been out there. So it's just too bad that we haven't had the readers to keep it going. Yeah, because it's one of the better books out right now too. So. Uh, definitely agree. Um, you know, there's been a lot of things out there with uh, Greg and Matthew and a couple of things where they're teasing future stuff to come that things are going to happen. You know, so I would speculate that we get Dan on something. Uh, I don't think he's done with Valiant. And I, I'm, I hope he plays in the, the play box, the sand pit, whatever you want to call it for a while. Yeah, I'd love to see him do more with Valiant. Um, that's something that I've been saying since he was doing uh, Fallen World. Um, I'd love to see him on an Eternal Warrior book with, uh, you know, Galad and Tama. I'd love to see him um, really, I mean, you could hand him any of the properties, and I think he'd do a phenomenal job. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and so here's kind of one thing I was speculating, because we only got, what, four issues of The Visitor. We had two more Visitor issues left. There has to be something with that conclusion that leads to another book is why we haven't seen it. Yeah. It's the only thing I only logical thing I see today. Um okay. I could see that. Yeah. So like has, the has ending. To, yep. The ending of it leads into something else. Mm -hmm. It leads into the new and Harbinger then, book. New, oh. Something. And they can't announce that new Harbinger book just yet. That's kind of my uh, theory. I don't even want to say it's crazy. I think it's kind of seems logical to me. Or Rye. It ties in with the end of Rye. I don't know. Um, but it would have kind of correlated together at one point. Um, there's something where it connects. So. Yeah, I can see that. The visitor has to connect somewhere. Yeah. You know, I, I think the way that the entire story was structured, it has to have some kind of payoff for the larger value universe. There has to be that thing that kind of ties it in, but I mean, we've, we've kind of speculated on that. I think every issue that's come out, I just wish that would come out though, because it seemed like that thing was going. And right now, I mean, I get having like two big books going out there, but then it kind of feels like we should have also had Exo going this entire time too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, especially with visitors, as far as fan services, you've delivered two thirds of the story and have it continue kind of to sit on the shelf like that. You know what I mean? I think for the fans, it's important to get that payoff of it. But I mean, and I, and I believe that that you know the Valiant team probably would agree with that as well. How that? But I do believe there's something with that ending that connects to something in the future. So um, to me, that makes the logical sense. Um, so, and sometimes it would be nice if you just heard that, right? Like it'll give the ending will give stuff away. We have to wait. <laughs> okay, makes sense. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be good to know. Because um, if that is the case, and they just said like, you know, this ending is going to, yeah, melt like you said, set up something. Yeah, it's going to melt your face. Yeah, this ending has some setup for a future book, or this ending has um, um ramifications for the wider valiant universe so we're not releasing it until that piece is ready cool um well, totally understandable that covid would have gotten in the way of something like that yeah i mean like i think if we look back at how the life and death of toyo harada was uh you know that book came out a couple years after it should have come out you know and by that time there had been changes done to the Valiant universe like kozal was still around you know, so it kind of was like, where, where's this at in the continuity, you know? But if you're like a, a long-time reader, you knew where it fit in, you know? So I think maybe there's a possibility that there's something like that where you're just like, wait, how does this fit in? Like, it, it seems like there's some books that have already been happening that it doesn't make sense on a timeline. But I feel like the continuity is not very tight right now anyway. So just put the book out. <laughs> yeah, Bloodshot is our biggest continuity book right now. Yeah. Yeah, which unfortunately isn't saying a whole lot. Um, Bloodshot's not super continuity tight, but it's better than nothing. Well, I mean, um, Rye would be—I mean, within its own, right? Rye within its own continuity has been really good. Um, and we'll also, I'll agree with that. About that, so I think within four thousand one, the continuity there is really, really rich to that uh, that you know four thousand two uh, time frame. So, actually. Um, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about when we get into Ryan number seven is um, some of that continuity bits. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to talking about that. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, so what do you guys think about uh, the, uh, the news of uh, future toys? Yeah, that's awesome. So Matt Matthew had said some things when he was on with us about action figures. Um, he kind of made some little teasers about the potential of action figures and uh, my bloodshot action figure having some friends soon. And then um, I know Greg said in another interview that uh, action figures are a thing that will be happening. And... Um, now, in the back of Rye number seven, there was an interview with Matthew Klein, and one of the things that he said is that action figures are coming. So that's pretty awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to having some Valiant action figures. I think that's something that um, I've wanted for a really long time, and I think a lot of people are really interested in. Yeah, I am definitely one of those people who is just chomping at the bit to have some action figures. Um, I, I really, I just think I want some some merchandise that's not shirts, not face-shaped mugs, and also affordable because I feel like a lot of stuff that's been statues has just been like full-size statues that range from a couple hundred to $500. A lot of the stuff like the the Bloodshot 
bigger Johnny Depp looking action figure thing. It was like two hundred dollars. I want some stuff that's cheap, man. Bloodshot one, the Vin Diesel uh, version. It's like the only thing that we've had like that. You know, so I'm I'm all for it. You know, I don't know how much of a fan base Valiant has that to support action figures. I hope it's a lot. You know, I worry too much about like how much they like support they get for anything. But to me, it's just like I just hope that they're there so that it's not just like one run. We can just keep getting them. I'm not going to open them. They're just going to sit in packages, but I definitely would am interested in getting that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you 100% on that. Um, I've got an open bloodshot, and that's about all I need opened up. Um, I would totally buy and keep in the package, you know, an Exo Manowar, a Galad. Um, yeah. But Punk is Mama. it going to be based in the movie, though? Are we going to get one of the characters? Are we going to get uh, Sammy Dalton or whatever his name is, Dalton? Um, you know, chainsaw. Yeah, Sam Hugan. Um, I would, if I had to guess, I would say it'll be comic book related stuff. I, I so. feel like, I feel like if we were going to get more of the movie stuff, that would have been released with the movie. So my guess, and obviously I don't know anything more than anybody else does, but uh, if not, I, if anything, I know less than other people. But um, my guess is that we would get comic related action figures. Who would you want to see first? Like if you could have like a wave of fact of action figures come out, say it's like four characters, who are your four characters they released for that first wave? Ooh. Bloodshot, Exo? Bloodshot, Bloodshot, <laughs> and Bloodhound. Blood squirt. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Exo, Ninjack, um, Shadow Man, and Eternal Warrior. So I would say Exo, Ninjak, Bloodshot, and Eternal Warrior. Oh, we are. See, I think that yeah. I think you would throw. They would throw in a female character. So I think we get Livewire. Exo Man of War. We get Bloodshot and Ninjak. Even though I'd rather have Shadow Man than Ninjak, I just think the stock's a little higher right now. And Ninjak, he's had a lot more. Uh, he's had a lot more adventures, I think, in the Night Universe lately. So, um, yeah. I mean, just talking about that, after just having the, the Faith young adult novel come out, I feel like Faith would be one of those ones that we definitely see in there. Um, you know, just saying it. Um, but they're not all made for us. They're made for a little bit of everybody. Yeah. So They want, they want everybody to have a favorite, you know, and, and then they want those people to be like, okay, I got one. I need the other three or the other five. I mean, yeah. six figures or eight figures, then it's like you can go hog wild as far as like, you know, who's going to be in that first wave, you know? Just make them good. Just make them awesome, you know? Go hog wild. I like it. <laughs> go buck wild. My notes say <laughs> buck wild and drool. What do you want me to do with that? That is a, a Longmont Poaching Castle reference for any of the folks out there who've ever heard of Longmont Poaching Castle. I don't know that. Oh man, going buck wild in an elevator. We're gonna need about hundred and eighty-seven dollars. <laughs> that sounds like a good time to me. Um, oh man. Um, yeah. but yeah, I I don't know what they put out. I, I'm gonna be happy with pretty much whatever. Um, I don't think it'll be movie related. I do think it'll be comic related. Um, and I would be surprised if we get more than a small like, you know core set i think something like four figures makes a lot of sense um 
And um, I'll be really curious to see what they put out. And um, I know odds are very good that I'll be getting whatever they come out with because I'm kind of a fan. <laughs> you know what Especially if that they're at that same <clears throat> price point that the bloodshot was at, right? I think that that's what made that really great. Being at twenty bucks, twenty five bucks, um, it, it hit a lot to where we could all get around it. We do have the statues coming around the corner uh, with bloodshot and ninja. That they they look good. I'm glad they didn't go with the original art concepts and they update them and they listen to the fans. And um, that that was very very nice change that they did to the face of bloodshot on that. So. Um, yeah, as long as they're at a good price point, I'm sure I'll be picking up all of them, even if even if it is faith, right? Like or, you yeah. know. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, Scott's saying XO Galad, Pete Stanjack, and then Neela or Shadow Man. I think that would be a really good lineup. Um, Pete Stanjack. I mean, especially if if the action figures come around the time when Harbinger gets officially announced, I think that can make some sense. Um. I would love a Neela figure because um, Neela's outfit looks awesome. And then um, hopefully that would also mean then that we're getting more Neela in the comics. Um, like if we got another Doctor Tomorrow series, oh my God, with more Neela and Ankh, I would be a huge fan of that. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say no to that. You know who would be a funny like new delinquent pairing would be Neela and Ankh? And um, either one of the other delinquents, either one of the parents, but it would be those four. You would get Quantum and Woody, Neil and Ankh, or you get Archer and Armstrong, Neil and Ankh. That would just be such a good, like, that would be fun. I think Can it would be like a three-way delinquents, though. I think, I think it would be, be a three-way delinquents where you get all three couples. Yes. Or all three groups. Yeah. I, I, I think that Neil and Ankh with Quantum and Woody sounds amazing because now all I can think of is the ridiculous hijinks Woody would get into if he was traveling through time. Like, can you imagine Woody given the ability to time travel? Like we've already seen what he does with messages from the future. Oh. It doesn't really go well. <laughs> it would be great. And then you would have to spoof some black, uh, back to the future there too. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, those are just so fun. If you, you did that with uh, 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 the doctor, doctor who, you know, got to get some back to the future you know, in time references. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I totally Dude, agree. Great crossover. Quantum and Woody with shirtless bear fighter crossover. Yes. We <laughs> talked about potential crossovers last time. Good call out, Dario. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm with you, Dario. Um, but, yeah. So, do we go ahead and talk about ride number seven? Eh, eh. So you're saying there's some spoilers, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to talk, am I? <laughs> oh, I was expecting another. All right, that's enough foolish games, but we got to rock and roll. It is ride number seven. <laughs> Uh, right number oh seven. We're spoiling it, guys, just to let you know. You know, if you were In only case you on didn't audio, catch that. if you were only on audio, uh, so read it, watch it, listen it, enjoy it. Um, it's worth it. So, Dan Abnett, 
killing it. Art continue. Juan Jose Rip. And then Dow Dollhouse's colors continue to be phenomenal. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, real quick, well, since we just mentioned Dollhouse, um, if you read the Valiant newsletter, they did a little thing on Andrew Dollhouse. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times we talk about colorists, but you don't see a lot of colors get any kind of mention anywhere else. So if you want to read about Andrew Dollhouse, there's lots lots of information about the dude. So Because uh, everyone else did it. He did a big interview, and I don't remember who he did it with, which is unfortunate. But um, I think that's the one that's, that's in the email. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm saying, he's a good dude. Read the interview; it's awesome. Um, and the great thing about it is, <laughs> like, he's a phenomenal artist who, like we have said many a time on this podcast in the past, colorists really don't get a lot of recognition. I think that um, if you look at the difference. Like, think about um, one example that pops to mind immediately is Exo Manowar. When we got the new Emilio Liso pages, they looked good. I was stoked about them. Um, and then when we saw them with, uh, who is it, Ruth Redmond? Is, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, that's correct. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Ruth Redmond's colors over Emilio Liso's lines, oh, just gorgeous. And it's the same thing when you see, like, um, you know, Juan Jose Ripa from time to time will post uh, images of his pencils and inks on Facebook. And um, they always look amazing. Like, he's a phenomenal artist, and, and, and his art by itself looks great. But then you add Dollhouse's colors to it, and it's, man, it, it just brings it to a whole other level. So I'm, I'm a big fan um, of Andrew Dollhouse. I think that he does a lot of amazing work with Valiant. And, um, yeah, this comic in particular is, is extremely well done. Um, one thing I'm really, really happy about, I, I'm really stoked. I don't know if we've had this specifically stated in the past, but um, we got a Psylocke call out in this one, right? She called herself Psylocke in this. In this Psylocke. Psylocke. What am I saying? Psylocke, like okay, it's clearly Psylocke. <laughs> yeah, that's a different character. Um, but she called herself Spylock. So, so on this, are we in four thousand two? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so in four thousand one, the very first Rye, even I think it's Rye number one, that she says she's only fifteen years old. So she's sixteen years old at this point. And I just yeah, thought she's been through war. Yeah, it just seems weird because she's portrayed as a lot, a lot older, looking older, everything than she is a child. Um, from that, I just thought that was weird when you look at just the the look of her, the character of her. I mean, she's gone through a lot in those pieces of Rye, but it's uh, it's it's interesting though when you look at the time frame. It seems like it seems like in our it has been more than years for us on our ends, right? But um, as far as when the time frame of this uh, continuity in this book has only been like a year. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I had not even thought about it, you know. But I, I do think like I wouldn't even – I would I totally have forgotten about how old she even is. I mean, if you would have asked me like how old do you think she is, I would have been like mid-20s, you know, just by the way she, she looks, yeah. the way she carries herself. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, she was like, you know, with, her, with her family, all that stuff, 4001. Um, back then, so yeah. Um, yeah. Um, she is very young. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, she's been through war that has aged her significantly. So I don't think that there's anything uh, wrong with depicting her the way she is. And like I said, I'm super stoked that she called herself Spylock, um, that she is. Because that's what I thought was happening way back when Matt Kent was still writing Rye. So to see that come full circle is awesome. And um, when Jeff Lemire created 4001 Bloodshot, I loved that character. I mean, that um, one shot is amazing. And him being taken over by father and becoming Bloodfather is cool and all, but it, it made me bummed out that we lost out on on the regular edition or regular version of 4001 Bloodshot or 4002 Bloodshot rather. Um, so knowing that, you know, based on what's going on in this issue, that version of Bloodshot, that Ray Garrison personality is still there buried deep inside Bloodfather and Spylock is going to help bring him out uh, is my guess. And so that's really exciting to me. Like I'm definitely excited to see, where that storyline goes. And then the other piece of this storyline is Rai and Raijin getting a human companion. And I think that that is really good for the interaction between Rai and Raijin. Um, I can see the two of them by themselves, their interactions getting stale eventually. So before that had a chance to happen, bringing in another character to kind of bounce the two of them off of, I thought made a lot of sense. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that, um, I think that it's just a really well done book. Yeah. So, you know, like one thing that's really interesting about, to me about all of this is that the nanites that Project Rising Spirit have created are just so advanced, even in the year 4002, that they, they really have evolved into something, uh, beyond their, their means, you know, because I think this whole, um, this whole scenario where they're they're contacting, they're reaching out to, to someone who could bring back Ray Garrison or the Ray Garrison persona, I th I think it's actually really cool, you know. And that little shot at the end where we see where uh, Spylock finds Bloodshot, if that's what we can call him, you know, and he's just like this faceless, uh, you know, he's like a skull face, and everything else is the same. But uh, I I really like where that's going, you know, and I just hope it's not necessarily like a ploy. Because at first, when I see this kind of scenario happening in a comic book, I think, oh, this is like a trick. The bad guy's doing that trick to bring someone in to, like, fool them. I really hope that's not the case. Like, there's that part of me that wants to fanboy out a little bit and be like, no, it's it's going to be bloodshot in the future. He's he's brought in. He gets to be himself again. Or the nanites get to control him. And there's no more father. That's really what I want to see with it, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, but the, you definitely want to see that these nanites are coming to do good, right? They see that what father's up to, and that the this the spirit that whatever's left of Ray within the nanites is really pushing to be um, away from that. I mean, it's a cool internal story to help get rid of father, which I think would be a great connection. Um, you know, is it, you know, is it smoke and marriage for something to come out? You know, is, uh, I definitely agree that kind of worry, worrisome, but exciting nonetheless to have that, like to that degree of continuity of, uh, 4,002, you know, you know, bloodshot come out. Um, I think that would be great. I, I do like that the internal, like back in with Spylock or Lula, whatever you want to call her and what she's doing in that. And then these two storylines, 
really work really cool. Um, this new companion, just the internal art is really cool where you're starting to see like the, the scarring of like the computer board type of look to her on her arms, her hands, you know, up on her neck. Um, I really, I really dig the way the art team did that. Cause it's telling a lot of the story there, um, subtly and, um, and just continued the, the journey that Ryan and Raijin are on and wh where they're trying to go is, you know what I mean? Continues to be a fun, interesting journey. Um, it throws some, uh, uh, sport, not spoil, kind of spoilers, um, teasers of the next book to come out to. Um, we're going to get introduced to something new down the road. Um, but just that image of bloodshot at the end is, uh, pretty damn interesting. Yeah, that was, uh, kind of a jarring image. I was not expecting that. So I thought that was cool. Um, you know, the skull face bloodshot. Um, <clears throat> there's so much good about this book. Um, and yeah, I really like that new character. For some reason, I am completely blanking on her name. Rye says her name a few different times. Um, but I like that she's from, um, she's from the town. Yeah. She's from new Japan, but she was also one of the people who was infected by the nanotech and right. was there to murder at hope Springs was there to murder everybody. And um, I like that, you know, Rye always thinks that he's doing the right thing for the right reason. Um, but now he's kind of learning that there are consequences beyond logic, like beyond just the straightforward, single-minded, logical approach that he takes. And Raijin has been trying to tell him this, and he hasn't listened. And now he's kind of confronted with the reality of the fallout of his actions. You know, he did that EMP wave and then he just said, okay, take care of yourselves now to all those people who had no idea where they were and what was going on. And he just said, fuck you, you know, didn't really care. And now um, it turns out that, you know, those people had value. They were, you know, they, they weren't just nothing. So um, yeah, I, I really like the dynamic um, between Ryan and Raijan, and I like it even more now that we have this other character in there to kind of, you know, because Raijan has been kind of the human component between the two of them, but Raijan's not even actually fully human. And then um, now we've got this female character, this woman, who is a human and is going to oh. be able to bring that, um, bring that aspect. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting, you know, especially since Rai wants to be human. And I think Rai Jin, his programming was to make him more human, to be that bridge between positron, positronics and humans. So it's good to have someone that kind of meets them both in the middle. At times, Rai Jin reminds me of Tim 21 from Descender. <laughs> like, it's just like this is positronic, you know, social boy. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um the, the element of this, though, when they were talking about the storms and everything, that they were going to a fallout shelter was also intriguing with the uh, the dark is what they called it. And then the nanite storm that happened and it basically just decimated this area um, to where it was. And then, you know, it, it was just there's a lot going on in this story and there's a big picture, big, big connections. Um, and that's just I hope we get more than just issue number 10. Because I just feel like there's so much more to be 
uncovered and to be explored in this. And I'm, you know, how can you not like the way that it's being done uh, with Dan and, and Juan? So, yeah. 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 I mean, this is the perfect creative team on it right now. It looks amazing. It reads amazingly. There's, it's a complex story. There are multiple interesting storylines going on at the same time with characters that are, you know, growing and evolving and, there are high stakes. There are actual stakes, you know, on the line right now. Like this isn't just, it's not a nothing story. You know, this is what's happening in this book is extremely important for the future of the Valley universe. And I really hope that it is able to continue because we are getting such a great story. And like I said, it looks amazing as well. So hopefully we do get more beyond issue number 10. Um, I have a hard time scoring this issue. Um, I felt, I don't know, at the beginning of the issue, it felt a bit jarring. We just jumped in. There wasn't, it didn't, it didn't feel new reader friendly to me. It felt like, um, you know, this is going to read really well as a trade, but not necessarily so well as a, as a standalone issue, you know, one of the strengths I think of that first arc of Rye was we had those, you know, standalone stories for those first few issues that were so, so phenomenally good. Um, and I just don't feel like we have that right now. So that is the one thing that I think I'm missing in this Rye book. Um, it's not bad by any stretch, but it's just not good in the same way that it was. Um, so it's a little bit harder for me to score this. I'm going to go with, honestly, I feel like this is a really low score for this book and I feel bad about it, but I got to be honest. I'm going to go with a 3.75 out of five. Um, um, I think that I could probably be convinced to bring that up to four, but I, I do think that that's a, a reasonable hey, score. Hey, Eric, can you bring it to a four? <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's a four out of five. No, this is a really good book. And I don't want it to seem like um, I'm scoring it. I don't know. I just I just don't want to feel like I'm scoring it too low. Um, but I, I I don't think this is the best issue of the series. While, but I do think it is a good issue. That's still a C plus. It's still going to get a degree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead her higher. I'm going to go to four. I, I do think it's a little bit of a slower issue. Um, it kind of feels like one of those issues in a storyline where a lot of stuff has to get explained. And then the next issue is when all the shit breaks loose. And I'm okay with that, but I don't score those issues very high. So I'm going to go a four on it. I kind of, I don't know which part of this book I liked more though. You know, like I like all the stuff with Rai and Raijin, but Spylock and Bloodshot, like it's just cool, you know. Um, not a lot of action in this. You know, we, we saw like a couple of like uh, mutilated positronics, you know, <laughs> like whatever it is that was the dark storm that hit them or whatever. Um, that was a know, badass page. Yeah, it was. And, and, and you know what? Like, it's good to see some of that stuff because I really feel like we've talked about how it plays to one of the reach strengths of the penciler, having, like, those gory pages, you know. But uh, it's still a good issue. Like, it's a, to me, it's a four. It's okay to have those kind of issues, you know. Um, I'm not worried about, like, the, the series slowing down or anything like that. Like, I think, I think Dan Abnett is, like, as good as anyone to write the character. I love Matt Kent's Rye. I enjoyed this book just as much as I enjoyed that one. 
And the thing that's been the really great thing about both of these series is that they both had just absolutely exceptional art to go along with such a great story. So uh, it's a four, but you know what? It's still good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on this, I could say sometimes there's no pleasing me because sometimes I hate when they have two artists doing two seg segments in this. But I think it would have played out really well. It would have played out to me a little bit better. Um, you know, just because the tech background, at least to get another artist on the tech background or stuff, just going with a pixelated skeleton fill looked really, in, uh, I didn't really like that all that much with the, the Lula scenes. Um, it just seems like it's purposely pixelated in spots. And, um, you know, maybe it was the review copy I got in front of me, but there's parts of it where it does, you know, it's pretty apparent that it was pixelated. Um, it was supposed purpose. to be, though. Yeah, I, like I know, but I'm just saying, like, maybe another artist could have changed that background a little bit, um, and it would have fit basically their their wheelhouse, because I think Juan does so much great things, but just that's one of the things that, I don't know, I, I it was still great. I still enjoy his art. Um, but with, I mean, that being said, I'm gonna, I agree with you, Eric, on just not necessarily, maybe not a new reader-friendly issue. Um, what I thought about was, I guess it was the previous regime that used to do this a lot where they would do the character bubbles at the beginning and they would give you like a briefing of who each were to get you ready for the story and where it's at. I felt like that might've been good. So if people didn't read the first Rye, they would have known who, you know, Lula is that, you know what I mean? They would have had an idea who Raijin Rai is. I don't know, just to kind of get it to the back and maybe this new character that were, um, the um, basically the the ones that the hook had embodied and that they had uh, hope springs they had to uh, free from uh, from their uh, I don't know power that was over them I guess at that time um, but I'm gonna be I guess I'm right there with Josh on this one for the most part is I give it a B so that would be a 4.0 um, and uh, yeah I mean ultimately still fun I still think. The ultimate of this story will be how the full pieces all tie together, not necessarily just this one issue, but I believe this issue sets up a lot, and it is a very vital issue that you could tell that's there to set up a lot of the future story. Oh, yeah, four. Yeah. <laughs> Wake up, Eric. <laughs> I'm reading YouTube comments, okay? <laughs> okay. I got YouTube comments going on. Um, no, Scott was agreeing with Hoosier and, um, you know, missing those uh, little character bio intros at the beginning of the of the comics. Because um, that's a smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think that one of the strengths that Valiant has relied on a lot in the past is how new reader friendly their books are that any any issue of a valiant comic could be someone's first valiant comic and they would understand what's going on and i don't necessarily think that this issue hit that mark does that mean this is a bad issue no i mean we all still gave it pretty high scores um we're all still stoked on the book and i think that we would all still agree that this has been a bright spot for valiant and comics in general and it's definitely something that I would recommend, even if I wasn't a big Valiant fan, as big a Valiant fan as I am, I would still be recommending this book because I think it's phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not like it's a bad issue or anything, 
there are just a couple little nitpicky things that you know possibly could have been done better i don't know that i'm going to go with you on wanting a different artist for those pixelated uh scenes but i get where you're coming from on that hoosier and i don't think you're you know completely off base or anything like that good you don't have to agree with me either yeah good yeah just good. say nobody yeah. we don't all have to agree yeah you have to agree with me though <laughs> that ain't funny <laughs> but yeah dude ultimately um it's continuing to be a progressing story that's getting to this uh bring you more elements in right having spy lock in having you know bloodshot connected here um it's continuing to bring more in and so that that to me makes it exciting um and it's you know it's a it's a fun read to the whole piece of the story when you're trying to invest in the story of where ryan Raijin are so no i'm i'm with you for sure um I can't wait to see where it goes, and uh, as we've already said, I just hope that issue number 10 is not the end. I, I feel like they have to go a year. Like, I feel like we have to get 12 issues out of this. At least. Hopefully more, but... Yeah. And then hopefully a little bit more after that. And then uh, hopefully tie into something different that, that uh, Dan will maybe do down the road with Valiant. Um, and then we could, we can see, um, I know that, uh, there was an announcement and I don't know if we talked a whole lot about it, about how, uh, bloodshot's coming to an end after uh, number 10, I believe. Oh, uh, number 12, number 12, number 12. So he did a full year, Tim Seeley, full year of bloodshot. And, um, it's, uh, it's kind of sad to see where that's at. And, uh, but you know, I, I know that, uh, they're not going to be announcing a new bloodshot until you get further around down, but uh, maybe something that we'll hear sooner than later um, next month, following month, kind of uh, keep us fans at bay because I know uh, we don't have bloodshot. If bloodshot's off the shelf for a while, we riot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never happy when we don't have a bloodshot book coming out. Yeah. And just, I've always felt like it's hard to keep these, these big characters off the shelves, you know, and, if you can't sell an Exo Man War book and you can't sell a Bloodshot book, um, that that's that's unfortunate, you know. And I just feel like, you know, I mean, if that's kind of you gotta have you gotta have these bigger characters out there if you want to even have a, a chance of having the smaller characters make it. Yeah, and and if that's the case, and they're having a hard time doing those two, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on the on the state of everything? Well, it sounds like they still are doing good. Okay. You know, that's the thing. I mean, like, I don't, I must not know anything about the way this industry works, you know, and I've been a lifelong fan. I follow numbers and, and lots of boring shit on the back end, like wh whenever I can. And it, it's, it's crazy to me that like, it just feels like smaller publishers can keep putting out a book. They've got their fan base. Valiant, I think they do a lot better. I think they have better creators than some of these people. So I get that maybe the costs are a little bit different, but then we get like 11 issues of Shadow Man, and we're going to get 12 issues of Bloodshot. And I'm just like, man, like, I don't get it, you know? Like, why can't we have better? You know, why can't we do more? Why, why is it we just have to end a run when the writer changes? Right. You know, like, I mean, I don't know. There's just a lot of little nitpicky shit things that I'm like, why can't we? Why can't we? Why, 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 why? Um, but, yeah, I don't understand I, it. 
I would, I would, I think I would fall on the other side of that though. I, I, I think that it's a good thing for the title to be done when a writer is done telling a certain story and then pick it up with a new title, a new version when a new writer has a new vision that they want to explore, you know? So I get that. And, um, you know, I would much rather have a new number one to signify a new direction as opposed to a totally new direction start in issue 13. Yep. Uh, Dario says we need rich friends to help yeah. us buy Valiant. That's true too. Uh, that's I need rich friends. I don't know. I don't know if that'd be my first thing. Um, but I can use some rich friends, man. Scott says the discussion brings us back to anthology books to keep, and I'm assuming that's you know, so we keep characters. Um, getting published all the time, but that's why that's the beauty of my pitch for a unity book. Right. And I don't need to go into it again, but that's what I think we need. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, like here, but here's my thing. Like as, as lame as it sounds like, Oh, we're, we're losing another book at 12. I just feel like they're doing things that to me make they don't see they, like Valiant's not acting like a company that's like having like a a fire sale, right? You know, right. They're doing these things like like I thought the thing where they're um, like their writer thing that they're doing with like new writers trying to get some new blood into the company. Like I think stuff like that is absolutely great, and I mean it's not going to get like a, a guy who reviews comics a job, you know. But I know it's going to probably get someone who's maybe had a chance at writing comics. They haven't done much, a chance to have their voice told about it. You know, I just don't feel like a company that's like getting ready to go out of business is going to do that. I know that like relaunching the books is a great thing for the company too, because they get to have a chance with a lot of publishers or with a lot of shops to do like a variant, you know, those variants do very well for shops. Those variants do very well for Valiant, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's not all doom and gloom for me, but I just wish I understood a little bit more of like the, the business side of the industry. Well, when um, Matthew was on with us, you know, he, I mean, he's not going to come on and say things are horrible and we're shutting down, but oh, yeah, right. he did, he did seem to indicate that they're pretty satisfied with where things are at and they have a bright uh, outlook for the future. So, hopefully... so, so here, was some, here was something I wanted to bring up earlier is, do we think... Valiant is getting things positioned to do a big relaunch, not a big reboot, but a big relaunch this next year, because we know that they were supposed to have books like Ninjack and Harbinger. We we're supposed to have a lot more going on with Exo Man of War. We we're supposed to have Final Witness and Shadow Man. Like we, we know that there's books that they definitely want to have out right now that we've done. Those are just ones that we know about and Savage. I'm sure that the way these co these companies go, they've got an 18-month plan of all the things that they want to do. And they have a board somewhere or they have a file somewhere that shows, hey, this is what everything is going to be that's going to be published. I'm just wondering if, like, next year they're going to be like, hey, we know, we're doing two books a month this month, two books a book, two books this month. And then all of a sudden it's going to be like, boom, we're doing six. And we're going to make a big push. And we're going to get noticed. And we're going to do things to get readers. I kind of think, like, that's – why not do it? You know, like next year, if things are looking good, I hope that they do something to get people to notice this company again. Well, I know 
Um, one thing that Matthew was talking about is that March is always a really big month for them. So I definitely expect to see a big, a big launch in March, whether that's a, um, one new number one or a couple new number ones. I think that would be great either way. Um, but what I could totally see is them ramping the comic line back up with a new number one for several months in a row. You know, give us four or five, six months in a row where we're getting a new number one until we're back up to that six books a month. And then, um, you know, consistently putting out titles. So we get Savage number one, Shadow Man number one, uh, you know, Final Witness number one, uh, Ninjak number one. Assume Harbinger is coming. You know, I mean, we've got all of these books and then it's somewhere in there. They've got to finish visitors somewhere in there. Uh, hopefully Dr. Tomorrow comes back. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that they could do. Um, and, and I, I, you know, that was the way the Valiant launched this iteration of the Valiant universe launched was by doing new number ones for four months in a row. If we can get four or five, six months in a row of new number ones as kind of a new, like you're saying, like a new relaunch, um, freshen the line, give us new stories from new creators. We've got a bunch of new creators coming. Um, you know, Savage has new creators. Final Witness has new creators in the Valiant Universe. Shadow Man has Colin Bond and um, what is it, John? Uh, I'm totally blanking on his John name. Artist Hunt. Hunt. Yes. Um, yeah. Phenomenal artist. Sorry. I, I am not great with names. But <clears throat> but yeah, I think that that would look amazing. Um, and then, you know, who knows how much stock to put in it, but there is still talk of movies coming out. Now, I don't know if it's going to be 2021, but supposedly the Harbinger movie is in the works. Um and there is a possibility that we get another Bloodshot movie. Do we know that's going to happen? No. But I would definitely be on board. I wouldn't get it out of bed. <laughs> I don't know. That's I mean, like, way to put it. I, I always feel like like everybody gets mad when any time that Dan Mintz gets interviewed, right? And then even like the fan base in the community is just like, oh, who can believe any of this shit? And I always feel like if I started just not believing in that dude, I might as well not even be here. Because I like these things so much, I have to be optimistic about what's being presented. Not necessarily going to just like eat up every word that's said, but I, I have to remain optimistic just because I'm such a fan. So I mean, like, if he's if they're saying 2021 for a movie, it seems kind of unrealistic, but what do I know? I don't know everything. Who knows how the world could change? But uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> um. Right now would be the time to film, though. Downtowns are empty. Places are open. You know what I mean? To, to film. Oh, yeah. As far, as far as setting up sets, right? Probably be able to get sets done on the cheap. Probably get permits really easy if you want to film somewhere. Yeah, yeah. less cops have it to patrol it because our people aren't around. I don't know. It could yeah. be pretty cool. It could be timely to do that. Obviously, with the way they're doing rapid testing on the COVID side, whatever that NFL is being able to work right now. Um, I feel like what what could prevent a movie from doing that in the same element because they're almost in their own bubble of the movie when they're filming a movie for a couple months anyway. Um, it is a bunch of work, but having rapid testing, it would suck if somebody got sick because what would that do? Um, but with that being said, that that makes it exciting. Um, 
hearing about that. I know some productions are starting to be back and starting to, you know, get into production as well. And, uh, you know, it's, again, I hearing it, I really hope that it's not like the long term that we kept hearing about Bloodshot movie, um, where it was like 2014, we were having rumors of the Sony. Um, and then it was just little bitty leaks for a while, um, of everything. So I'm just hoping that, uh, it kind of goes up kind of, I'm already doing it, but I don't want to do it anymore of getting so hyped about it and, you know, building it up, you know, way ahead of time and just have that anticipation, just, you know, plague the life. Oh, I hear you. I, I feel like, you know, this is like the 175th episode we've done and we've had episodes that are just disappeared that just got eaten by Eric's computer. And I feel like 90% of everything that we've ever recorded, we've said at least once, like, oh, my God, the Bloodshot movie. So excited. Can't wait. Yeah, nothing to talk about. I don't really. But we'd just be so crazy about it. We're so hungry for it because it's going to be the first Valiant movie. And, yeah, I almost feel like this time I'm like, we can't say anything until there's, like, news. We can't just have those segments where it's just like, oh, we're so excited for a Harbinger movie. Like, no, just we got to pump the brakes. <laughs> yeah, give us ca- casting news. Give us, uh, you know solid uh, line on a director you know give us something concrete and um yeah that's i think that's what we need we need something as pete (laughs) get still (laughs) actually i would i would dislike that yeah it's not gonna happen yeah i wouldn't like Um, that but uh yeah i mean we've talked before about fan casting um, and, uh, I'm sure it'll come up again. Yeah. I want to see a Harbinger movie. I want to see a Bloodshot sequel. You know, I definitely want to see Bloodshot Island in a Bloodshot sequel. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah that would yeah. be amazing. Yeah, I, I think, like, if you get expand on the mythos, that's what you do when you have a, a sequel. You do something that makes the, what you saw before, you make it bigger. You know, Bloodshot Island would be great. Even something with like hardcore, you know, but then, you know, I, I feel like so much of what they are ties into Harada, and we don't know if we're going to get that kind of connection in the movies. So it makes it hard to want to go that way. But I feel like there's a lot of pieces in the Bloodshot universe alone that you could just tell his stories and you don't necessarily have to have everybody else. You don't need to have Ninjack. You don't need to have Shadow Man. It's great to have them because, you know, we're all, we're all fans of comic books, you know, like. And I grew up on Marvel. I've no, I've known Marvel all my life. So like when I watch movies and like some random ass character pops up that I, I remember reading in like a couple issues when I was a kid. I'm like, oh, that's, that's so cool. Like someone else was like, let's get this random ass character out there, you know. But uh, you don't need that with Bloodshot. You know, you can have just like you don't need to have like you can have Blood Square. Blood Square. You can have the, the other Bloodshots. You can have PRS stuff. You know, you can have. Well, proper chainsaw. You know, we didn't really get that with the movie. You know, you could expand on that. You could expand upon like the Nevada base that PRS had with. Well, there you go. We're gonna see. Hopefully, we see lawnmower next. <laughs> whacker, weed whacker, whacker. Long edger. the hedger, yeah, the tree trimmer. I need that guy at my house. So that's right. Universe, but I, I'm I, just I, saying I, we, don't I, need to, we don't need to have like all the big characters, even though it's so great. And there's always going to be that what if, because once you move one property to another studio and you have them split apart, you're, there's always going to be that what if. That same thing that we've had for so many years with Marvel, where we're like, 
what if Spider-Man could be around the Avengers? And it took a long time. And then it was like, okay, now if we can just get the X-Men to be around the Avengers, you know, we still, we don't have that yet still. I mean, like it can happen and it will probably happen, but we don't have it quite yet. You know, there's still a lot of what ifs, Yeah, but you know, yeah. I hate, I hate having to dream too much, you know, because it's like at some point you just want to have it be a reality a little bit and not everything just be like a make-believe thing in your head. Yeah. I mean, speaking of what if, I think that there's a little bit more on that keeps it behind or gives it a little bit more cred is uh, the Blowfish Studios uh, video console games that are in the works. Um, I'm hoping that something is told on that. Um, I hope that the next month that that's one of the news announcements because it's fun to play with the characters in another medium. I know comics is what I love them in, um, but that's just being a fan of these characters. Having them in another medium makes it. So hopefully that's, you know, something that comes around the corner soon, um, you know, and and that that's kind of the realm we get. Because, I mean, right now is perfect time to be making video games, perfect time to be selling video games, um, you know. And then in the Facebook chat, we have Anthony says, you know, it's a perfect time for animated series right now to be in the works or in production. Um, and let's get us, I mean, to me, get me that Adult Swim Quantum and Woody um, or Showtime something Quantum and Woody that's adult as can be, I think it would be fun. Um Super excited for something like that, um, but just being a fan, right? More comic books. We want we want to digest them. Uh, we want to see more of them. We want to see them in other elements and mediums too. Um, but it's it's chopping at the bit when you're only getting two comics a week or a month. So yeah, yeah. I know. I think right now, as I had this conversation with my wife, where I was like, it's just so hard right now because I want more of it, and I'm not getting enough of it. You know, like I want more Valiant stuff, you know, like we get two books a month and, you know, we just had the movie and it feels like it's just like, okay, the movie's done and there's nothing else. So it's just like, let's just wait for these two books every month. And it makes it hard. It makes it, it's not a great time to be a Valiant fan for, for once, I feel like, you know, where it's like, I just need more. Give me more. I'm not getting that fix. I feel like if yeah. you books directed at the existing fan base right now. I mean, I feel like you would be selling a decent amount of them and just kind of stick to that core and not try to go out of it right now. But I know that's not quite the direction that they're looking at right now. So, Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, um, I know from the little bit that I know about Bloodshot, it seems like there's a possibility that um, – it won't be long after issue 12 before we start seeing something else coming up. Obviously I don't know whether that's the case, but hopefully shortly after issue 12, we'll find out what's coming next for bloodshot. Um, hopefully Rye isn't done with issue 10 and that continues. Um, and then hopefully we get these awesome new books to come out. I'm so stoked for final witness. I think that that is going to be amazing. That looks to me like a culmination of a bunch of different things that I really like um, all, all being thrown together. Um, you know, shadow man looks like it's going to be amazing. You know, we just need these books to come out and when are they going to come out? We don't know, but if we can start getting these books coming out and we're getting action figures and we're getting video games and we start getting movie news that's when it's going to be a great time to be a Valiant fan again. And that's when we're all going to be so excited that we're going to be talking to our friends and, and getting new people into reading Valiant books. 
Yeah, I think once we see that's going up like a positive direction, you know, you know, yeah. even if that's just three books a month, you know, it's like feels like we're on the upswing. Yes. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. Great time. Um, you know, I would like to see some Valiant mask out and then not to wear the mask anymore and COVID's over. It'd be a great time to be a human being again. Um, yeah, I want the rest of my life. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I really want to get like a Ninjak mask, though. Um, that would be cool. Yeah. I just want one with a goat. Give me one with a goat. <laughs> yep. Get one that has the Harada mouthpiece and just put your phone in front of it and do that whole video from the, uh, the QR face mask. Come on, Valiant. Why haven't you done it? Give us the QRs. Um, uh, yeah, all the way around. Dig, 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 dig. Um, but I, I think I'm glad the books that we do have. I'm glad we're getting Bloodshot. I'm glad we're getting Rye right now. Um, that's that's kind of the big piece. I was just thinking the same thing. You read my mind. At least we are getting some books. Two books is better than no books. And at least the books that are coming out right now are phenomenal. Uh, Bloodshot has been really good, in my opinion. Rye has been great. We got the end of Dr. Tomorrow, Not which was... That. Dr. Tomorrow was such a, a surprise hit. Um, can't wait for more of that. Hopefully that comes. And, um, yeah, we just got to wait to see what comes next. And... Um, Hopefully the fan base will stick around for whatever comes next. But, um, yeah, Fred Van Linty, uh, yeah, hopefully Fred Van Linty's coming back. Um, I would love if he's one of the mystery writers uh, that they're that they're teasing um, for an as yet unnamed project, but that remains to be seen. But. This has been episode number 175 of Get Valiant. Um, I want to say thank you to both Scott and Dario hanging out in the chat. Anybody else watching and listening, um, whether it's live or after the fact, we definitely appreciate you. Um, throw us a, a like on the video and a subscribe and um, maybe hit the bell so you're notified next time we go live and you can join in on the fun and be part of the conversation as we talk about all things Valiant. Um, I believe the next book coming out is Bloodshot, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, Bloodshot number eight. And um, number yeah, nine. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, number nine. That sounds right. Um, so Bloodshot number nine will be the next book coming out, and we will definitely be here to talk about it when it drops. And um, hopefully everybody enjoyed Rye today, and uh, we'll see you guys all next time. So, signing off, I am Eric Baumgart. And I'm Josh. And I'm Hoosier. Go ahead, Eric. Tell him bye. Tell him bye. Just tell him bye. Stay <laughs> valiant, you jerks.